0: You're listening to the Wartime Leadership Podcast with your host, Nathan Coy.
1: I'm your host, Nathan Coy, and today's guest, yes, that's right, I use the plural form of guest to refer to guests, are from the Glorious Destiny ministry. Team Glorious Destiny, how are you all?
2: Doing amazing. Sure. are you Very
1: kidding good. me like like just a little while ago they were up like running around like banshees <laughs> in my house running through the studio like nobody's business and here they are like uh yes we are doing oh so well okay i'm gonna ask one more time how are you all doing Hallelujah! okay see there we go See, that was, that was easy. They just needed a little bit of a wake-up call. Hey, I want to go down the line. I want you to tell us your name, where you're from, and how old you are, and why not an interesting fact about yourself. Get into the mic there. Okay.
3: So uh, my name is Jackson. I'm 20 years old, and I'm from Washington State. And a fun fact about me is I come from a big family
1: of eight siblings. So oh. it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, eight siblings. Yeah, you had to fight for food, didn't you?
2: My name is Jafet Tickby. I'm actually 20 years old. I was born in a small country in West Africa named Togo, but I grew up in Chicago. And uh, an interesting fact about me is... You were born in Togo. <laughs> See, there you go. I mean, that was easy. Well, <laughs> that is one because I can't think of another. And no? <laughs> you
1: were very soft-spoken. We're going to get you to come out of your shell a little bit here, okay? All right, next.
4: My name is Abel Guzman, and I was born and raised in the... Wait. I, I'm 20 years old. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. And an interesting fact about myself is I know how to cut hair.
1: Yeah, well, and he's he's a really good barber, actually. He used my uh, my uh, garage downstairs as a barbershop here for the last uh, few days. And let me tell you, <laughs> he went through a lot of hair while
0: he was down there. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and throw it over there to you, Aron. Hello, everyone. My name is Aron Fisher. I am from Colorado. I'm 24 years old. And an interesting fact is I used to do this really weird sound uh with like my family members and I'll let to show you guys real quick. Oh dear lord. Here we go. So yeah, that's an interesting fact that I have so. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you, like a low low key talent. Yeah,
1: how did you how did you actually start doing that and how did you learn that you could do that?
0: My older cousin. Um, so it okay. was when I was a little bit younger, my younger cousin started doing it and I copied her and I was able to do it and I just realized that I almost forgot that I was able to do that until now. You know, there's there's <laughs>
1: times I wish that we were doing video because if you all could just see what he was doing, you would be like, "What in the?" All right, next, next,
5: next. Hello, everybody. My name is Nicole. I'm 19 years old, and my family's from Puerto Rico. I grew up all across the um, the United States, traveling a lot. Um, And an interesting fact about me is that I have a twin sister.
1: Why do you say that in an inquisitive way? Well, honestly, I I just
5: don't know how interesting that is to be honest.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you did live with her all your life, so...
5: Yeah, but there was lots of fights there.
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. Same but different. Okay, well, this is very interesting. It's already starting off with a kicker. So you know what? We'll start over here with you because we have to throw in the random questions and five random questions brought to you by Success Draft, where we help you draft and make your business dreams come true. And we have five people, so five interesting questions. First one, what fictional character do you relate to the most?
5: Oh, man. Oh, man um dang i don't know i
1: was about to say because this dead air is just
5: woo. wait hold on hold on um i'm sorry i have no idea
1: you, you have no idea
5: no i genuinely don't i stopped oh. watching cartoons a long time ago
1: <laughs> all right well how about this what's your favorite way to spend the weekend
5: um honestly i would say relaxing
1: And to you, relaxing would be
5: sleeping,
1: (laughs) sleeping. Okay, she likes to sleep in. That is her enjoyment of the weekend, which is absolutely fine. I love seeing it. Go ahead. Here we go to the next one. What do you find most attractive in a potential partner?
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, there's a lot of things, but I would say one of the major ones is she has to be funny. Like, of course, physical attraction is very important. Absolutely. She also has to be humorous. She has to laugh at my jokes. Okay, and this- and uh, yes. yes, I love doing dad jokes. And if she can't be with it, I don't know. But she has to be able to. Do dad jokes with me, even mom jokes. I was about to so, say, be yeah. more mom jokes. Yeah, I don't mom know, like, jokes. have the
1: dad jokes necessarily, but no nah, mm. but
0: definitely, definitely like mom jokes where it's it's just corny and just I I love that stuff. So <laughs> yes, that's definitely something. All
1: right, we'll go with that one. Right, hey, Abel, yours is going to be really easy. Okay. Who was someone you really looked up to when you were little? Someone that you consider a mentor? When I was little, little, mm-hmm. Oof. Get into um, that mic, buddy. We want to hear you. Uh,
4: there's a, I'll say there's a couple of people. Um, I don't have the traditional like father, um, that I would look up to. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll say a lot of my cousins and just, um, people that I saw that had a big influence around my like older people, around my around my family. But I'll say my cousins. I was actually just telling her today i used to tell my i used to say my cousin was so cool because he used to build bikes and stuff like that um out of like different parts and he built this bike and it had a honda symbol and it was the honda bike (laughs) i don't know why i don't know why but it was pretty cool um but apart from that um i think my grandma um she's a very kind person i feel like um she kind of introduced me to a lot of the things that I do now. She used to do actually do outreaches before I even knew what outreaches were. Hmm. She would get back to the community and um, back in the Dominican Republic. And um, a lot of people knew her. Um, sadly, she passed away very
1: young. Um, but I'll say her. Yeah. Man, that's absolutely beautiful. And now it makes all the other questions just seem a little less important. <laughs> hey, what celebrity do you believe deserves the most attention?
2: What celebrity deserves the most
1: attention. attention.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Would Jesus be considered a celebrity?
1: Survey says <laughs> absolutely. Yes,
2: Jesus deserves the attention. Definitely. All right. Why all do you the think glory.
1: that he deserves the attention?
2: Because he is faithful. He is just. There's no flaw in him. He's amazing. He's the reason why I'm alive and still standing here, still breathing, still speaking. Like, without Jesus, I wouldn't even know who I am right now. So I just. Give them all the glory. Hallelujah.
1: Hey, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Okay. Hey, next and final random question. If you could have a superpower, what would you want it to be? Oh, man. I would have
3: to do shape shifting. I think that would be cool to be able to turn in anything I want to and be anything I want to be.
1: All right. Then what would be the one thing that you would want to shape into to begin? Mm. oh man that one's tough something that could fly at least (laughs) so
3: so what's that really fast bird i don't know Uh
1: a hot a A steel condor (laughs) i don't know i don't know i'll just say a bird for right now how about a chinese hot air balloon um anyways so yep yep i went there that's right because it just happened all right hey uh great to get to know the team already i think this is going to be a really fun episode for us we're gonna let let's go back a little bit all right i want to know about you i want to know about your backgrounds where you've been from what you've done and kind of what brought you here you can use this as your testimony time maybe take five minutes each just to kind of give us that background of of where you came from and where you're going
3: well um so my background is I grew up in Washington State. Um, as I said, you know I have eight siblings, so it was always a crazy house growing up. Um, my father, he was never really there in my life, so my mom raised pretty much all of us by herself for a long time. So growing up, having to see her do that, that was um, very hard on me, but it also inspired me to always want to take care of my family um, and be the one who really can um, take care of them. Um, and so what I did, my vision of really how I wanted to get out of that was sports. So growing up, I put a lot of work in football. I put a lot of work in basketball. Um, And so my whole life, you know, I grew up that way, always trying to get approval, you know, because I felt like my dad always rejected me. So I struggled with a lot of rejection. Um, So I always wanted to prove people wrong. Um, And so I I played, grew up and all the way till my senior year of high school. I'm still playing sports. Um, I'm about to go to college and I had a few offers to go play college. And so I ended up down in Iowa, uh, down by the Hawkeyes. And I was playing there for a little bit. Um, And that was when uh, I met Jesus and I I gave my life to him. What Um, was that moment? That moment, well, actually, uh, my first encounter with Jesus was my senior year of high school. And during that time, I didn't have enough of the word in me, but I encountered God. And so I went through a season for eight months where um, I started to backslide. I started to um, hang out with my old friends again. I started to hang out with my old girlfriend and things like that. Um, And then during that time of my eight months, I felt like God hated me. I felt like he was mad at me. Um, But then when I went to college, um, my roommate, my brother, he was actually, a I actually have a have a, have a twin as well, just like Nicole, but he was my roommate and he would always be reading the Bible. He would always be worshiping. And I, I'm to be honest, I did not like it because me, I was trying to live my own life. And, um, but there was one night he played a song and in that song, it talked about love. It talked about forgiveness and God really spoke to me through that song. And the, the next night when my brother wasn't there, uh, I played that worship song by myself in my dorm room. And when I played that by myself, it really hit me. I felt the, I felt the God's presence in there. Um, and I just got on my knees and gave my life to Jesus. And then a month after that, um, I got invited to be a missionary. Um, and ever since then I've been a missionary for about a year now,
2: over a year. So yeah.
1: Mm, awesome. That. All right, Jofet, you're up brother.
2: So, um, me as well. I grew up in a Christian household. My parents definitely, passionate about the Lord. They will always take us to church on Sundays. But um sometimes the way they would just a quick disclaimer, my parents are amazing. I love my parents, but just at the time, the way that they would act was like definitely opposite of what they taught us. So that kind of like pushed me away from the Lord because I felt like I was looking at uh Christianity through their their like experiences and the way they treated me instead of just truly following the word of god and what it said so that pushed me down a life of curiosity through searching trying to find what i was interested in what what like i was good at so uh at an early age i was doing everything my mother tried to get me involved in instruments got me involved in doing sports i remember uh i was playing football and basketball for a while i tried multiple different sports truly nothing was really satisfying me or just helping me truly find who I was I even got to the point growing up in Chicago it was easy for you to fall into the wrong groups so I started doing things I wasn't supposed to do like robbing cars breaking into homes just just to just to hang out we were so bored we were doing things that could ruin our lives just because we just wanted temporary satisfaction or something to do and that was a a repetitive pattern in my life where I started also doing drugs for that temporary satisfaction, started hanging out with the wrong people for that temporary joy. And even uh, I felt like the Lord allowed me to experience these things because it was like he was trying to show me that I could have anything, anything in the world, but it truly wouldn't, wouldn't mean anything if I didn't have him. So it got to the point where he even allowed me to get famous on TikTok, Uh, If you ask any young man nowadays, what is their form of success? They will tell you it's money, it's fame, it's girls, it's cars, it's clothes, it's this. But yeah, I had all of that. Yet I was never, I was never satisfied. I never felt fulfilled. And it led me to a place where I was depressed. Like I thought there was nothing left for me. I was anxious of what I was going to do in the future. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that I wanted to be in a position where I didn't have any needs, where I could provide needs for other people. That's truly what I wanted to do. And I wasn't doing that with my life. So it was like, like what am i gonna do from here and i used to be really good in school but when but when i started i used to be really good in school but when my grades started to go down i'm like if i wanted to provide value to people and i'm not doing good in school how would i get to that position mm. so um it just things just got started getting really bad but uh um, i reached out to one person in my life that really was serving god and that person was my brother um a lot of people actually mistake me for my brother. He's actually two years older than me, but a lot of people actually think we look alike. All right, I'm gonna
1: have to stop you right here because because I know I know who you're talking about when you say you were mistaken for your brother because it was me. I remember the first time that we met. I walked up and I gave you a big hug, and you were like, "Who in the heck is this weird dude giving me a hug?" And I was like, "Is that not that's not that's not him? That who?" who is this man that looks exactly like this other man that i know as a friend and they're like yeah that's his brother and i was like oh
2: <laughs> oh my yeah still gave him my handshake it was like nice to meet you sir you know
1: i'm like but we've met before no we haven't okay fine whatever <laughs> but yeah um and yeah. now your brother actually he's he's back in japan now right yes, definitely. so they came back after they were there for
2: Three months? Yes, three months. Three yes. months. And now they're going back for a full year, I yep, believe. Yep. Yeah. God is doing amazing things over there. Shout and out the group to that he's with is? The Axe Movement. Axe
1: Movement, which is great. We're going to have to have them on eventually. But yeah, the Axe Movement. So awesome. Yeah,
2: that is very awesome. I reached out to him because I was thinking about it. I'm like, he was, serving, he was serving God and he was super joyful, super happy. And I'm like, I'm the one that has this, 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 this. How is he happy? And I'm not. What does he have that I don't have? And he's like, I'm serving God. You should try it. Um, Dang. <laughs> drops the mic. I'm like, yeah, wow. Please don't drop the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, but I'm like, I st- so I'm, I start giving it a try. But the thing is, I was trying in my own faith. I wasn't, not, I mean, in my own strength. I wasn't relying on the Lord. And that caused me to backslide. And then got to the position where I was messing around with some people i wasn't supposed to be messing around with meaning witches like i was like mm. like flirting with a girl that was a witch and she did like some tried to do some crazy witchcraft on me and i it was just bad i was like dang i need to stop playing around with the lord and my brother's like don't, it's, don't worry about it It'll be fine we'll be we'll be in chicago in like two weeks two weeks come i'm like i'm trying to get myself all good trying to act all like i haven't been doing all types of crazy stuff for the past few months and they come they start treating me like family i'm avoiding them acting like i don't want to be around them at all but it's like even though i was treating them that way they still showed me the love of god and i it's just i'm just like how could how could people still love me how could god still love me after what i'm after pushing them away running away doing this and when they gave me the opportunity to join them i just couldn't say no that was those that was the quickest decision I've ever made in my life and the best decision I've ever made in my life, because now God has been using me to do great and amazing things that I never thought I could do before, that I could ever do before. A lot of people here in the ministry, they seen they were there at my house when they came and how I was acting. And now they see me being sent to different countries across the world, being used to be a blessing to multiple people in different uh places in the united states and it's just a testimony of god's goodness and his mercy and i and i just hope that i'll be that god will continue to use me in that way in the future because that above all things that is my goal to provide value to as many people as possible so praise the lord
1: absolutely awesome wow that's that uh you know i i still remember the first time i met you and it was a little awkward at first but then once i realized that you were not who i thought that you were we actually have developed a really good relationship since then. So I'm, I'm really lucky about that.
2: Yes, I would agree. And you're definitely been a a tremendous blessing to my life as well. And a great influence.
1: He just likes it because we feed him. All right, next (laughs) moving on over here. Well, come on now. So, um, um,
4: my story is, uh, like I said earlier, I grew up and I was raised in the Dominican Republic. um, I didn't grow up with my dad. Uh, my mom was always working, so um, the only person that really rose, like, brought me up a little bit was my grandmother, or just like people that took care of me. Um, I was always trying to get attention from my mom. Um, I I wanted my mom to be in my life. I wanted my dad to be in my life. So I would always get in trouble. I was getting into a lot of fights, so it caused me to get um, whipped a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, about eight eight years old, something um, changed. My something happened to me that changed my life, and um, somebody took advantage of me, um, and it changed my mindset. It changed how I saw the world. I thought I was um, the one to blame. Um, I looked at myself differently, um, so I was very angry at the world. I always, since a young age, also questioned, like, is there a God? Is is there's something greater? There has to be something greater. There's no way I have a body, and there's stars, and there's this, and there's no God. Um, and I knew of so-called religion, um, because of my grandmother. She believed in God. Um, and my my mom, she believed in God, but they didn't live like that. Except really, my grandmother, um, she was more of the the one who followed Christ the most. Um, so at a certain age, I believe around ten, my 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 mom really worked hard because, um, she loved us, but she, we just, we're not, uh, there, we never really built a relationship. She just wanted us in the best interest. I have a younger brother as well. Um, and, um, I also have a lot of siblings too. I have 13. <laughs> I have 13. I forgot to mention it. it's from all from my dad's side. Um, but anyways, that's besides yeah, the I'd point. I'd say
1: that's definitely an interesting
4: fact that we <laughs> got. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, they tried really hard to try to get me to the United States. Um, something that um, my mom tried to um, have my dad help me in my life was to, he was already a citizen. So that means that as a young age, I would also be a citizen. So um, that's something that um, they tried really hard to get um, for me and my mom as well while she was going through the process to come to the United States. So she sent me here um, at like 12 years old. No, she sent they sent me here at... Um, around 11 i lived with my aunt um for a certain amount of time um, without seeing my mom or my brother i went back to the dominican republic and came when i was 12 to live here um i moved to maryland and i was still dealing with those stuff i was still dealing with depression i was still dealing with those those thoughts pervertive thoughts at a young age because of what had happened to me um and i had fallen into an addiction of um of um, pornography, um, and, um, very, very, um, um, pervertive, um, things. Um, I started doing drugs. I was very angry, very depressed. I couldn't be at my home because it was always a fight with my brother, with my mother, with my stepdad, um, to the point that I ended up getting kicked out the house. I got kicked out of the house at 16 years old, um, for a summer. Um, I ended up coming back. Throughout that time, I, I would play football, and I was always big into sports throughout my whole life. That's what I used to do through, to cope to, um, with things. Um, but times goes forward, and I, I'm I'm still smoking. I try to do pills, um, mushrooms, things like that, just to get me out of um, my reality. I wanted to escape. I wanted to try... Something else, but um, I always wanted something better for me. I wanted, I knew that there's something that I could do that um, uh, could put me out there. I see all these people that were successful, especially my real dad. My real dad was really, he's really, he is really, he's still alive. He's really successful, um, when it comes to business and things like that. My family, my grandpa was also, and I, I see that all the time. And I was like, I know I can do this. I want to do the same thing. I want to have my kids. I want to, um, do something in my life but i was so um i'll say i was i felt so deep and i was so in what i was in that it was hard to even control myself um i felt like um, i was just trapped and locked in in a third person body body where it was just everything was happening and with something i when i had a desire to do something it was just too strong so um fast forward I'm in high school still getting into a bunch of fights um with people um i'm involved with with gangs dominican gangs and stuff like that um and i kind of decided something happened to me um with this with a female um and we got separated and after that i'm like you know what i'm gonna focus on myself i'm gonna focus on myself and i'm gonna get money and this So I, I got this job and then I, what I would do is I'll grab donuts and then I'll bring those donuts to school and I'll sell those donuts Mm -hmm. for more money. And because they, they was for free. So I would take them literally making dough from, (laughs) dough got it. Yeah. And, um, so I took him, I, I made a hundred percent profit and then I had my friend who sold drinks. Um, so instead of selling bad stuff, we just had a little business in school and I remember I had actually. Were you
1: doing this out the back end of your car, or like no, In your in locker, school, like you're in your locker, like pulling out donuts in the middle of. No, so no? so I mentioned how I
4: played football. We had a a teacher, a history teacher who um who had a um a class. Obviously, <laughs> he had a class, and, and during lunchtime and in the morning, I would post the uh, I would post the day before these videos of the donuts, the fr- uh, fr- fr- fritters, fritters 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 the apple, uh, the fritters the donuts cakes. I um, will post the prices. If you want to make an order, I'll bring it to you tomorrow, or meet me here. And then in the morning, before class uh, started, like fifteen minutes before, I'll have people come. And then during lunch, um, I'll remind again. I'll post on my Snapchat. I I will get a lot of views, and just say meet me at this place because it was kind of, um, it, even though it was nothing bad that I was selling, it was not legal to sell it in school because they want to make hundred percent of the profit that is in school. So um, so yeah, but I had after that happened some that, um, happened with that, um, girl, um, I was very, I guess attached because I would never, I had never felt a love for my mother, for example, and, um, or, or somebody, right? So I was seeking something like that. And then, um, I, I asked the Lord, um, without even being saved, I just asked, I was like, God, I want somebody who loves me in my life. And, um, Fast forward, I'm selling those donuts. Um, a couple months passed by and um um Nicole um comes and she buys donuts for me. And then <laughs> she buys donuts for me and um she ends up owing me like a dollar. So I already had her contact. Um, so we ended up like um end up talking as friends, etc. Time goes by and she's seeking the Lord. And um we moved on from friends to um a, a relationship and she starts telling me about god and who god is and i i have questions and stuff because i really didn't i said how come I, I would be like i don't think god would exist or i would say there was a god but he's not working in my life because look at my parents they believe in god and all this stuff is happening my mom has issues and i have issues and all these things so um she would answer these questions for me with what she knew and i kind of um my heart just by little those little seeds the lord was working in my heart and um there was a a month where um we decided to take off um and not not um be in contact like a fast and that month i i was sitting in my room and i i wanted to make a change Um, I wanted to do something different. I wanted something better for my life. I wanted um, to, like I mentioned earlier, I wanted to have, I want to have kids and I want to be an example to them and show them how to be a dad like I didn't have a dad or just have an influence in the world. And I knew that what I was doing was not the way, um, it was not the way to get there. So I really felt um, in the sense, I'll say like peace. I really wanna try God, I wanna know who Jesus is. So I went to my friend's house and um, I decided to give my life to the Lord um, and slowly but surely, th- things started changing in my life. I didn't, It. I wouldn't say that it was very radical. Um, like at the moment, I there's moments in my life where, where after I gave my life to Jesus, I, I, I backslid in and um, it was not right at all with the Lord. And um, um i was um how do i say i was um angry because i wanted it's like man i want to change but i feel like i just i just feel stuck and um oh i forgot about this part sorry but um after i got kicked out of my house at 16 i got kicked out again at 18 um when i was still in high school and I, i had a um I moved into this apartment i killed like 11 rats i had there were so many rats in there it was crazy i lived in like what like a 10 by 10. it was like a very small room it was like yeah it was very small um and um and then from there i got kicked out from the people just because they were moving somebody was moving it and i moved into this other house which was a little bit better um but around that time that's when i got saved yeah, that's when I got saved, when I moved to the other house. So after that, like a month being saved, I decided to move to, the, um, to or like a month or two, to PA, to my aunt's house so I can save some money, so I can move down to PA and live with her. Um, not to PA, to um, Florida, because she was in school. And um, as I moved there, I start falling back, um, and that's when this conviction hits my heart very, very strongly. And for about three days, I was crying in my room. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't live like this anymore. Um, And Nicole had told me about invasion. Um, She told me about um, how it would be good for me to keep accountability with them, et cetera. And um, um, I reached out to them um, after I kept hearing from the Lord saying, join this ministry, join this ministry. And I didn't, I didn't think it was the Lord. I got fired from my job that I was um, actually at, um, that I was using to try to get to Florida. And I was like, man, I don't think this is the Lord. And then boom, I get fired. So I was like, I'm just gonna text him. I'm a text invasion. I went from PA to Chicago, and after I gave my life to the Lord, that was the best decision I ever made. And after that was um, being obedient and going and joining the ministry, which has grown. Um, on my the Lord has used it to, to the Lord has used it to grow my character, grow my life, and meet amazing people. Where um um he freed me from all those things and and um the reason why i say um that that was the best decision that i ever made after giving my life to jesus was because i know that if i was not obedient to joining that i and and not meeting people like this who had past experiences like me Mm -hmm. i feel like either i could have been Backslid backsliding for sure and been away from the Lord, probably even dead and and loses losing everything for sure that I had. Even even the amazing relationship that He has given me with the amazing woman of God, um that's sitting right here. Um so um yeah, that's it's about my story. So, oh, that's awesome. I'm sorry it was a little bit long.
1: But. Oh well, you know, the five minute turned into twelve, but I think you were preaching. And it was important because you you really got a good point that came across right there was there was actually several things that you said in the span of that 10 minutes that really kind of had a deep impact. So definitely from some, you know, a running theme that we're seeing and that we will continue to see something missing versus something tangible. So the one thing that was missing was what led to the tangible meaning so much. Because even in those relationships that we have, when when there's there's not a hundred percent investment from one side, we seek out the tangible from somewhere else. So something that I'm a big firm believer in is the the power of relationship. Relationship is very integral to everything that we do so relationship healing happens in the context of relationship and that's a big deal because it's those missing relationships in our life where we seek out uh, the relationship from somewhere else and we we try to find that healing and it's it's not a hundred percent right there's only one direction that we can go to where we have a hundred percent of that healing relationship But uh, let's I've got a lot more in my head of what you said. So don't worry, we'll come back to it. But let's move on to our Ron and let's go over that.
0: Awesome. Well, first, I forgot to mention, um, just thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. And we just thank the Lord for everything that you have been doing for us, for the team and just for hundreds and thousands of people who listen to this podcast, who take wisdom and advice from you. So I we think
1: 100,000 people is a little far-fetched, but I like it, we will believe it, hey, and we'll have I, it. So hey, there we go. All yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> so yes, um, thank you so much. So a little bit about my background and my story. I grew up in a Christian household, but we really didn't go to church. We were mostly a praying family. So my mom would always pray and The reason why she always prayed was because she was a single mother. She was a single mother. She had to take care of three children. uh, That was from different dads. And so, and also my sister had a lot of health issues. She got her first stroke when she was seven. Mm. And so my mom would always go into the chapel, into the hospitals, and just pray and pray for my sister and for her health. And so that's one of the reasons why... I am the man I am today because of her. She is a prayer warrior and she prays and she prays and she prays, whether it's for her animals or whether it's for us or for other people, she is a prayer warrior. And so in about the fifth grade, I got initiated into a gang. I lived in a really bad neighborhood. I would go out and steal, I would go out and cuss, I would well, now, go out now and that's fight. a big jump to yeah. go
1: from nothing to all of a sudden now I'm getting jumped into a gang. So yeah. what, what were those lead up moments? I don't think it just happened like one day where mama's praying and then second day, like you're in a gang.
0: Yeah. So what happened was I was living in a really bad neighborhood and we were moving a lot and we moved in this bad neighborhood in Colorado. And so I started hanging around the wrong people, older adults who were having a negative influence in my life. And my mom didn't really know that because I would go to school, come back, do my homework, do whatever, and then go out and ride my bike. And she didn't know I was out there with these negative people who were having a huge negative impact on my life. And so that was happening for years, actually was happening for years. And in the fifth grade, I got initiated into this gang all because I wanted to be nosy and find out why some of my friends were doing what they were doing. And they said, oh, you have to join our gang. Me being nine, 10 years old. Oh, okay, Yeah, sure. I'll join your gang or whatever.
1: I'll join your gang on my tricycle. It's cool. (laughs) Whatever. Rolling up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So little little did I know it was like an actual gang where there were older teenagers and older adults that were running this game so i got initiated started fighting started stealing started to do all this bad stuff without my family knowing i would go to school come back take my bike and go and i would be back before the street lights came on and they didn't know a single thing until years later and so, it was so
1: actually a really big ramp up To to this it wasn't it wasn't just like an overnight thing but Mm -hmm. rather it was this little creep thing that happened and then influence coming from individuals that were peers at the same age recruiting for others yeah Mm.
0: yeah and so what had happened was it was one night well yes it was one night where a pipe busted in our upstairs bathroom And so it forced me and my family out of that house for two weeks. And after that two weeks, the landlord, he said, all right, you guys are going to have to leave because I'm going to be selling this house. At the time, my mom was renting the house. And so I came home that night and I was actually coming back from fighting, like practice fighting with a friend. And my sister came out and she said that we have to move within a month. I started crying at that moment. I don't know why I started crying. I just started crying. Maybe it was because I didn't want to leave all my friends that were there. But God knew what he was doing at that moment where he knew that if I was going to continue in that gang, if I was going to continue to hang out with those people, I could have ended up dead somewhere at a very young age. Absolutely. Again, I was in the fifth grade. I was nine or 10 years old. And so... After that, after that month, and I didn't tell anyone that I was leaving. I didn't tell the gang members that I was leaving because of that fear. Because usually if you get initiated into the gang and you try, to, you try to leave, you either have to get jumped out or you get shot out and killed. And so I didn't tell anyone. And so I thank the Lord that he was able to help me hold my mouth and hold my tongue from telling those people that I was going to leave. And so after that month, we ended up moving into a better neighborhood where it was a fresh start for me and for my family and the new house and the new neighborhood that we lived in. I was only five houses away from this church that me and my family started going to. And it was about the sixth grade where my mom just randomly, said we're going to start going to church and little did she know that her saying that was a huge turn for my life and she didn't know what she she did that was a positive decision that she felt to make and so after that we started going to church i started getting involved in youth group getting more of the word and getting involved in bible studies going to church but the thing is i didn't really have a relationship with god i knew of god but didn't have that intimate personal relationship with him and so i fell into um pornography and masturbation and it was a it was a huge hold on my life for 10 years and during that time I i would act like everything was okay but that thing was just holding me down for 10 years of my life. Mm. And so um, I was just going through the years, going through the motions. And then um, after that, I was able to talk to my youth group pastors and let them know like, hey, this is the situations I'm going through. They gave me wisdom on how to get rid of that stuff. One of the main ones was um, finding out what was triggering Mm. my my reaction to go and watch that stuff and do that stuff and so that's one of the advice i can give to people on here if you are struggling with that stuff find out what your triggers are and cut those triggers off those temptations or those sources of temptations and so after that um i was going through high school i wasn't the best student but i ended up finishing high school um during that time because i was i was set free from those two things that were pulling me down, um, porn and masturbation. And I was able to get better grades and just be a better person. And I also graduated top 10 of my class. And so that was a huge jump just because of the Lord setting me free from those two things. And I graduated college and there's so much more to that, that I can go on forever, but just, just those moments where, where my mom, she decided to do that, and she doesn't know that that was a huge part of me being the man I am today because of that one small decision. Well, that seems small, but it was a huge decision that she made that changed my life forever, and so that's why I'm here now. I've been a full-time missionary for a year and seven months, left everything, left my friends my family i still talk to them but just leaving everything and just making that sacrifice to go out and serve the lord full time has been a complete blessing to my life and if i would have never made that decision to come and do this i probably would have ended up in a really bad situation where something could have happened so That's a little bit of my background, who I am and and how I got here. And I've been able to see more than 700,000 people give their lives to Jesus. And the Lord has used me personally on social media and in person to lead about 20,000 people to Jesus just in this last year and seven months. And so that's
1: actually how you started out was you were you were preaching on TikTok. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was preaching on TikTok for A couple years throughout my college career, but I never really knew how to lead people to Jesus. I would talk to people and be like, yes, go to Jesus, do this, but never really knew how to lead someone. And because a lot of people, they had that desire to give their lives to Jesus, but they don't know how. And that's that part that I was really missing the most of. I would preach the word, but I didn't know how to lead people to Jesus and joining um, Glorious Destiny missions and, um, and just getting that wisdom on how to do that has truly changed my life. And the Lord has been using me to be able to get to the people who are lost, who are dark, um, in those dark places to just help them come from that darkness into the light using my testimony and sharing the wisdom that I've been learning. So it's been amazing.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that uh Jax is the only one that has only kept to the five minutes. So uh <laughs> which is which is okay. I mean, we're getting a lot here, but let's see if we can bookend it down here. Uh go ahead and, and let us know your background. I know that you come from a military family, which we got a lot of military listeners here, so I know that's gonna play a little bit of a part
5: probably. Yes, it actually played a huge part. So Growing up, like he said, um, I come from a, a military family. I used to move around a lot. My dad, um, he was a, um, a black cop uh, pilot, helicopter pilot. And so he would fly medevac. And so, yeah, so growing up, we moved around a lot. And so um, my parents, they were Christian, but they were very lukewarm. They had their own problems in their marriage. And so church wasn't really a priority. And so. Us moving around a lot, um, it made it more difficult for us to find a church. And so growing up, I knew of God and I knew he existed. I know he loved me. I know that he would never leave me nor forsake me. But I always saw him as like this big, big, um, too huge to have a relationship with. I didn't I, I didn't think that he saw me as me. I, I I didn't think that he he cared about me that much. And so for that reason I I was I was never able to connect with him. I, I never had that intimacy that that he seeks with us. And so um it was very hard growing up um l- like I said, my parents didn't come from a good marriage. They were always fighting. There was lots of cheating scandals, throwing plates, lots of huge arguments. And lots of lies deceits um all these questions of divorce are we divorcing or not blah 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 blah. and as a kid i knew that all of this was happening and they would try and hide it so parents i i, I want to let you guys know that your kids know what's going on so yeah i just want to make that disclaimer so it was hard for me because i never had that that um picture perfect idea of a good marriage i i didn't know what it meant to be loved and i didn't know how to express my love to others because i didn't have that growing up and so uh, the bible talks about that god is love and so because i didn't know god i didn't know what love was i didn't know what love meant i didn't know what being loved was i didn't know how to give love and so growing up i tried to seek love in the wrong places i would go and i would um have the desire to be um, chased by guys now I wouldn't go out for guys, but I would want them to chase me. I-, I would want them to to um want me, and so I would do things to try and get them to want me, but like not not um not receive it, if that makes sense. So I would have my hair always looking good. I would always have like tight clothes on. I I would always um um, I, I would be a flirt. I would be a flirt, <laughs> and so. I would do stuff like that, or I would just try and seek validation from others. I would I always wanted to um, fit in with the um, with the right crowd. But in reality, it was the wrong crowd. And I didn't see that until COVID came around. And that was in high school for me around sophomore or junior year. COVID came and I was just home all the time, literally wasting my life away. I was spending 17 hours on my screen time. That's not even a joke. My screen time was 17 hours a day, 17 hours. And so I was literally just wasting my life because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't want to talk to myself. All I wanted was to feel loved. And scrolling on TikTok was the only way that I could have that satisfaction of like mental numbness in a way. Just erase all your thoughts about anything. Just go on TikTok and just laugh for a second, right? So I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. Through these videos because all of a sudden randomly i get these christian TikTok videos and the more i swipe them the more they keep coming in and i used to get so frustrated because i felt convicted because like i said growing up i knew about god i knew he existed and so i knew he was there and i knew he saw me doing all these things right and so i felt so convicted and i was like lord i don't even want to see this right now i just want to relax i don't want to feel heavy i don't want any of this but The more that I rejected it, the more it kept coming in, it kept coming in, it kept coming in until I just couldn't not receive it anymore. And so I kept getting this wisdom that God does love me, that God does have a plan for me, that there's a reason that I'm alive, that there's a purpose to my life, and I know that he wants me to fulfill it in the name of Jesus. And so and so with that, I was like, Well, I can't really do anything else (laughs) because I was being filled with the word of God. God was watering my heart. And so there was literally no other choice but to grow. And so those seeds were being watered, those seeds were planted and those seeds started growing little by little, little by little, little by little. This small whisper turned into a loud roar that I couldn't ignore anymore. And I was like, okay, God. So with COVID, um, I stopped hanging out with all of my friends. I stopped doing what I was doing and I just started to seek true intimacy. I started to seek purity from the Lord. And I, I just called upon his name and he washed me. He cleansed me. I received him as my Lord and savior. And after that, my life has changed so much. Um, I ended up going to college for a semester um, in person. I'm still going online, but um, I ended up joining a travel missionary group. And honestly, it's been a blessing to serve. I've been to Israel which my flight got paid for. I didn't pay for that. <laughs> it's a blessing. And the whole trip was paid for. I didn't even have to touch my savings No, nothing. I don't have a job, by the way, or any sort of support. So that was God right there. And it just goes to show that when you serve the Lord, you feel that um, satisfaction. And there's nothing else that can compare to it. So I do just want to encourage you guys that it can happen to you too. So, yeah.
1: Wow, absolutely amazing to think about the fact that no job no income yet somehow comma but god so there's a continual theme that continued to run through as you saw uh and 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 the cool thing is is that they each come from different areas of the country. They come from international, from Dominican Republic. We've got Colorado, uh, we've got Chi town in Chicago. We've got Washington state and then a little bit of everywhere sprinkled in there with the army, Brad over there, uh, sorry, army kiddo over there. We'll go ahead and go with kiddo. Um, but they each come from different parts, but they come with the same story because they have the same outcome there's a different process to work through that to bring us to this location. So I'm going to come back over here to Jax real quick. Jax, uh, walk us through Glorious Destiny and and what you're doing specifically within the organization.
3: Okay, so currently, or um, Glorious Destiny is based in New York, um, but the specific mission that God put in our heart is just This last December, we did this thing called Project 5000, and we were able to give away 5000 toys to 5000 children all across the state of New York. Um, So, the people that are in New York right now, which would be me, you know, Abel, Nicole, and some other people down there, uh, we are currently just going around New York. We constantly do outreaches. We go around, we connect with churches. Sometimes we do soul winning trainings, we do outreach trainings. Um, But specifically regarding Project 5000, God put it in our heart to do Project 5000 in every single state of the United States. So currently, our first base we're trying to do is actually here in Charleston, um, South Carolina, and that's the main mission that we're working on right now.
1: And it's it's been a, a real blessing, actually, for a lot of the people, because it, it's not it's it's not about reaching out to individuals that already know or it's not it's but it's rather it's coming alongside organizations that are already in place to help them project this. And Project Five Thousand is absolutely amazing. It's five thousand toys for five thousand kids in each of the locations. And that, that was a, a that was actually a, a growth for the organization because why don't you tell us uh Jafet about the it, it went from
2: one thousand. Yeah to 5000 so on the first day well actually over 5000 because on the first day when we heard about it was project 1000 next day he comes down he's like so we're gonna do project 5000 everybody looks around and then we're like hey
1: do y'all actually know how <laughs> how the name came like why it came to 5000 oh here we go so so why don't you go ahead so
4: um actually he uh, our leader, shared um thank you our leader shared that um because it first started with the boxes each of well i I didn't have any because i had just came the samaritan purse um each of the um you guys had a box had boxes right and then um he said well why not just do project um or or do 1000 toys to 1000 kids and he said that he went to sleep and then the lord i believe he said he gave him a dream or told him um no, you have to do 5,000, and he said that he started um, sweating blood because he was uh, he couldn't believe it. So he said, He when well, he went downstairs and he told all of us that we're gonna do Project 5,000, um, and and once he said it, he can't go back in his word, and um, that's what that's basically how I know the name came about because the Lord told him to do 5,000 instead of 1,000.
1: So, Paula so. Lou. So. who was on episode 20. So you can go back and listen to him on episode 20. He was actually sitting in front of his computer when he got the stream. He went in and he said, okay, 1000, because there's no way that I'm going to go anything above that. Then, then it was already taken project 1000.com was already taken. Then it went to 2000. He thought, okay, I'm just going to jump it up to 2000, looked up the, the 2000 gone three, Four. he's like, listen, God, this is getting too big of a dream. I can't believe that this is even possible. He plugged in Project Five Thousand, and the name was there. Wow! And so that's ultimately how it came down to Project Five Thousand, uh, which is which is really interesting to think about because that's a that's a huge goal to hit. But yes. you all hit it in less than two months, three, three no, weeks, three outreaches in three weeks. Wow.
4: And a team of 12
1: and that's absolutely amazing and that's going all over and that was actually serving every single borough in new york city as well as upstate upstate in buffalo
2: and, and- we also during all of that me and myself i got sent to the caribbean in st martin so another 500 children as well got blessed out there and wh- even during the mission there we wasn't just it wasn't just project 5000 but we partnered with k1 britannia which is a um a disaster uh, uh, rescue team out there and also with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So God was just opening amazing doors out there. So it was definitely even over 5,000. Yeah,
1: the individual with Make-A-Wish Foundation, you all actually ran into the CEO, I believe, of that organization on the streets in New York City.
2: Yeah, that was amazing.
1: So they actually are selling roses as a part of the ministry in order to make funding for... Project 5,000, uh, mm-hmm. to be able to reach those goals a lot of the way. Uh, and so during that process is how that came to be. Um,
4: also, um, Toys for Tots as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that one day, uh, we were actually running short on toys. We were believing the Lord. And um, I I don't know exactly how the connection happened, but actually the mar- um, uh, Marines um, reached out with Toys for Tots, and they donated like three trips of uh, of three toys three Three van full trips. Wow. Of, of just toys The um, the, in New York, the base, the, um, basement area was, you couldn't even walk. It was just boxes full of toys. It was incredible. The Lord came through, um, and with a blessing, he said it was going to be 5,000. So it it had to be 5,000. Yeah.
1: All right. And Abel, you said that the, or I don't know who it was that said that the, the current base, the first outreach base for, uh, the first outreach base for Glorious Destiny is here in Charleston, South Carolina. And I know who's leading that is Aron. And yes, that's Aaron minus the a with an apostrophe. So Aron is actually the one that is leading that uh, ministry going forward. Uh, Tell us about what you're doing here in Charleston to kind of help grow across the country.
0: Yes. So South Carolina is one of the first states that we are currently hitting right now because the lord put it on our hearts to do project 5000 in every single state and also to establish a mission base in every single state and so the first one is in new york and our leader mr paul he sent me and Jafet here in south carolina and what we've been doing is just like what Mr. Nathan was saying, how we're going to different organizations, we're going to different churches, and we're seeing how we can be a blessing to them, but also have them be a part of what the Lord has been doing through us. And it's been amazing so far. We've been having really great connections with local churches and some churches um, that are in some surrounding cities as well. And so we're just continuing to just obey the Lord and just see how the Lord wants us to do this as this is going to be the main uh, the main manual for the other states. And with the help of Mr. Nathan and his leadership skills and the wisdom that he has been giving us has been truly a blessing on how we are going to be the ones that the other states are going to look at, and we're going to be the main, the main manual, the main um, team, and the guide that is going to look at us and learn from us to be able to replicate um, a successful mission-based plant and uh, a Project Five Thousand. Um,
1: so they've literally know. been writing the book. On the process because this is the first place. They're they're here fresh, new, looking at it through a new lens, but to go from New York City to South Carolina, where you have completely different attitudes, completely different people, completely different food, which by the way, this team has been eating quite well because the people mm. of South Carolina have yes. been taking care yeah. of them with some mac and cheese, <laughs> some smoked turkey. They they even had venison for the first time. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. South Carolina is taking care of this team. Amen. And they're finding out the differences that make up the people across the country and the different ways and approaches of which they must take. So they're literally writing the book, the manual on how to to do this process and it has been working for them in quite a different way so let's talk about this real quick let's talk about the most impactful part of being a part of glorious destiny what does it meant for you
5: definitely being able to share the love of christ to the community around us there has been so many situations where you will see people who are such in need there was this one time i was out on the streets and there was this pregnant lady who said that her husband just got murdered and he was the one who who had all the um who was the money maker and so she got forced to be homeless and and was living in a homeless shelter. And she had no idea where to go. She didn't even have a jacket to put on because everything got taken away from her. And so being able to give her that hope and love that only Jesus Christ can give, it was, it's honestly such a blessing. And there's multiple testimonies like that. Um, Also being able to see um, people healed, all the signs and miracles and wonders, all of that is honestly the part that fulfills me the most just being a part of this team that loves to serve the lord and bless the community as well and also just being able to be in a community that um i mean a part of a team that that is all around the same age it's this different level of love and unity that you won't find anywhere else
1: yeah and I, and I think that that's been a huge impact on the community as much as it's been an impact for yourselves. Now, doing these types of things, going into the inner city, going into organizations and, and around people that the ordinary person probably wouldn't walk up to every day. Have you ever had, any of you, a dangerous situation that you have ever had to deal with in, in ministering to Someone on the street.
3: Yeah, um, there was one time for me specifically, and I feel like it's maybe happened to all of us just different. But one time for me specifically, I think I was in Chicago and you know, we do a lot of evangelism, we do a lot of soul winning, and I think we were just downtown Chicago and you know, I was just going up to somebody and the Lord actually told me, Don't go up to him. But you know, me, I'm like, But Lord, I gotta go <laughs> tell them, you know. But he said, But Lord, I know better. But Lord, I'm gonna go. And he's like, Don't and I was like, Oh, so you know, I tell him, you know, God loves him, he's a great plan for his life. And I said, hey, sir, I'm just going to say a quick prayer for you. And as I was praying, um, I started to feel weird, you know. But my eyes were closed. which I shouldn't have been a good idea, but my eyes were closed. And he actually came and he put his uh, hand on the back of my neck Mm. and, like, squeezed. And he told me that if I was going to keep on praying that he was going to do something to me. And he he was gripping the back of my neck, like, Mm. really strong. Yeah, and so I, like, put my hands up and I was like, all right, you know. And Then uh, eventually, by God's grace, God protected me, and he he let go. Um, but yeah, that was a it's dangerous definitely thing a, a
1: learning situation to say the least, because you know you have to be capable of understanding mm-hmm. when that's happening, and and what is happening in the at all times during those types of situations.
4: Um, there's also a situation that um, happened. Um, I was walking with Nicole, and um, um, we were. Um, in charge of taking care of these missionaries that um came over to the base in new york um and we went to go evangelize actually and we were to go to a certain location but as i'm walking as we're walking um i'm walking and um usually i i I try not to walk in the inside of the sidewalk when i'm walking with them but i was walking in the inside of the sidewalk and i think it was for a reason. Um, because I'm I'm walking and they're talking and I'm listening to them, but out of nowhere I hear this guy said, "I want to go kill somebody," and I'm like, "Yo, like what in the mm-hmm, world?" Mm-hmm. And I just freeze and I see his face. He's a young guy. He's crying and and like devastated. And instantly I already knew what it was. The Lord literally told me somebody um like uh, uh, cl- somebody close to him got killed, and that's usually what happens on those mm-hmm. barrels and those streets like that. And I, I I've had um 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 background in that so i i knew it i I just knew what it was that i knew it was the lord and i just felt my heart was instantly broken but i was i i just froze they kept walking i froze and i was like if i go talk to him the way he's feeling right now could be very dangerous right and i was just like man lord i'm just gonna go protect me please i went i walked up to him this is literally a street over from the church and i walked up to him and I, i was like yo come here and I was like, hello, oh, just keep me safe, protect me. I, I was actually pretty scared, I'm not gonna lie. Because he was hold he had his hand right here on like his um his um jacket pocket, like he was holding a gun. So I was like, yo, come here. I was like, I don't wanna be weird, nothing or be all up in your conversation, but I just overheard you say and um I just wanted to quickly pray for you, bro. I I have a heart for the thing for 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 um, young people and, and things like that like your situation and i've came from a background where i can relate to this so i just want to pray for you man and he was on the phone with the person that he was talking to he hung up he was like bro i really needed like how do i'm about to get prayer i need this right now like i really needed this i prayed for him he was crying and he gave his life to jesus and um i really believe that that was the lord stopping stopping something that could have happened because i told him also the lord told me to tell him this that um the thing is that you might be really angry right now right and and for commit for something to happen to you but you going back and, and doing something to that person can start a chain that could. It be generations and generations because that's how these gangs are mm-hmm. these gangs are generations of people killing each other and people doing this it started from my family to now it's just worldwide right so i i and the lord told me to tell him that he was like you know what you're right man and um he ended up giving his life to jesus and he was calm and stuff like that so um that's just an example as well
1: five individuals from five different locations all coming together with personal experiences The testimonies that we each have sometimes seeked out and have always wanted to have for ourselves, they are each coming together with different aspects, coming from different perspectives, able to bring a different voice to the mission that is out there. And to be based out of New York City and to continue through to develop what this looks like moving forward is a huge project because none of these individuals are from New York City, but rather they have relocated, they have picked up their lives and they have moved to these outside areas of their comfort zone because that's exactly what it is. They have gone from the comfortable to the uncomfortable, raising money on the streets to help fund this uh, this organization, to be able to fund this uh the this group of individuals is is huge and i mean that is a a personal thing where they're bringing their personal experiences because each of their different experiences their their different perspectives of life have brought them to the same outcome and to the same uh messaging which you you have to say that taking different paths and ending up at the exact same location is a huge feat for anyone uh From Dominican Republic, Colorado, Chicago, Washington State, everywhere on the other end of it, yes, I'm going to continue to say that, to having the most impactful experience of life. Everyone searches, not everyone finds. Sometimes it takes that one running away to be found, to be brought back. So thank you, each of you, for investing into our lives. Uh, We will have different ways of which you can give or to come alongside the ministry in in different ways. Uh, It would be a pleasure for them to be able to to have that, to be able to further their cause. But today's episode is only possible thanks to my friend and producer, G. Frazier with 369sounddesign.com. Jeff, this week you're going to have a really fun time trying to make not one not two, not three, not four, but five people other than myself sound just as good as you make me sound every single week. And I am blessed by you, my friend, because you have been along my side through this journey day in and day out. We are blessed by the entire team here at The Wartime Leadership Podcast. See you next time. Be blessed.